1: Hey, Borchardt Breakaway fans! Welcome to another episode, a bonus episode of the Borchardt Breakaway, where Ryan Mead takes you through a plethora of basketball games with our good friend Vinny Giannardi and Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello.
0: I like how you introduce Vinnie first, even though this is, you know, our podcast.
1: Right, exactly. But you know, Vinnie's our special guest, who who's our expert at college basketball. Uh, see, uh, that's
2: that's a very loose loose term, right there. I just loose. want to say. Um, Thank you guys for having me on um my favorite Mets podcast. It's
1: great. Yeah. Oh, wow. Shots fired. Uh, no, it's, it's really our pleasure. I know way too much about college basketball, a.k.a. nothing, but I have a feeling that Greg has been doing all the lines and betting uh, for the past two months. So I know you said that Selection Sunday is your Christmas, Greg. Is that true? I
0: fucking love I love Selection Sunday. It's it's easily one of my favorite days of the year.
1: What's better for you, uh, opening day or Selection Sunday?
0: Ooh, um...
1: The this is a Mets podcast. The,
0: the comparison I gave, I think, is the most accurate. Where if opening day is my New Year's selection, Sunday is my Christmas. Okay. I love both of them <laughs> differently, but on the same level. What's so very point? interesting for me? I, I feel like Selection
2: Sunday uh, does pretty close to nothing for me, but it's just the first two days of the tournament. So Thursday, Friday, opening round are maybe my favorite days in sports.
0: Uh, Yeah, and for a Jew, Christmas does almost nothing for me, but it's a very (laughs) important day on the calendar, so I recognize it. Okay.
1: Okay, all right.
0: You kind of of just played right into my uh, analogy there. I thank you for it. As a Jew.
1: Perfect. (laughs) Anyway, all right, let's heat things up here and uh, move on to what we're actually going to be talking about. So we're going to go through, I believe you guys said the top four seeds of each conference?
0: Each bracket, yep, each each region. Each
1: bracket. All right, so let's start with the East region which is number one Villanova.
0: Or should we start with number four?
1: Is it more apt?
0: No, we could just I, – I figured we would just go through the kind of. the top the top four and just say what we think of it for the most part.
1: Okay, so I have Vill- – I made my bracket before this podcast, and I have Villanova and Duke coming out of this bracket before going to the final four. So it's, uh, the Elite Eight is what the kids call it. Is that correct?
0: That is what they refer to it as, yes, the Elite Eight.
1: Okay, tell me why – is there any chance that Baylor or Florida could beat either of these teams?
0: Vin,
2: you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Uh, when I when I look at the regions here, and uh, full disclosure to everybody, my my bracket's not complete yet. I'm still sort of making this my guy way came it. prepared. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I, when I look at the regions, this one I think of all of them. When you look at the, the top two teams. Seems like the most likely for the one and the two to both make it to the Elite Eight. Uh, Villanova, you have the defending champ, um, and they haven't looked to slow down at all this year. And then you see Duke, and I don't think there's a hotter team in the country right now than the Blue Devils. So uh, I think when I get to my Elite Eight in my bracket, I'm going to have those two teams right there.
0: Rick, Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with Vin on this one. There are actually only... um Two brackets or two regions, I should say, where I have the one and the two playing each other in the Elite Eight. And this is the first of the two. Nova's easily been the best team for the entire season. Uh, They've proven that there really isn't a championship hangover. They've dominated just about everyone they've played. The Big East was competitive this year. So it's not like they had to cruise through a relatively easy conference. um, And they dominated the Big East pretty handedly. They cruised through the Big East tournament. Uh, Like Vin said, Duke got hot at the right time in the ACC tournament. So they're a team definitely to watch out for. I personally, I have a very uh, love-hate relationship with Baylor. I try every year to convince myself that Baylor, this might be the year. Um, Last year they burnt me. uh, I'm very cold on Baylor this year. Um, I know we're going to get into our upsets. I think... Not a bad time to do it right now. I actually have Baylor losing in the second round. I I I have SMU as probably my SMU is my lowest seed that advances to the 316. Okay. In this break.
1: Alright, I I can see that. So I have some questions about Villanova, actually. I'm a very fair weather college sure. basketball fan. I pretty much only watch uh Madness in some tournaments. Villanova is a live by the three, die by the three team. Is that correct? From what I understand?
0: Um I don't. I don't think they live and die by the three. I think they have some good inside presence. I we're seeing college basketball take the same kind of step the NBA is taking, where teams are chucking more threes more than ever. Uh, I, I I'd stop short of saying live or die with three with Nova. I think if they go a little cold from beyond the arc, they can still win a game. They're good I enough. Think, um,
2: of the two teams, I think Duke is more of the live by the three um, type of team that. It's, it's great, you know, um, because that's the type of team that you feel like is never out of a game. But if you go through a cold stretch uh, in college, only 40 minutes, you know, you can get, get in a hole early. But between those two, I think Duke is more of um, the live or die by the three type of team. Uh, looking at this region, though, and Greg mentioned his, his relationship with Baylor. I think I sort of have a similar one each year with Virginia. And there are five here, and I could see them maybe sneaking you know, into the Elite Eight, and maybe could be a team that gives Villanova some trouble just because they're so good defensively. I think they're fourth or fifth in defensive efficiency. And um, I watched the semifinals for Nova this past weekend, and they really struggled against Seton Hall. Uh, So I think if there is a potential matchup against Virginia, uh, that they might struggle a bit. Maybe Virginia could be that team that that shows them an upset early. Another concern I might have for Nova is uh, the Big East is – pretty weak in general two of the better teams you know Xavier and Creighton lost uh each lost one of their their best players to season-ending injuries and you look at that uh conference in general and it's nothing to be too afraid of so uh I think there is a chance that Nova you know could get upset earlier on but I still think in general it's going to be Nova and Duke in the Elite Eight
1: I have one more question uh because I like I said I'm going to be asking questions this entire time what are the, the odds that Wisconsin, a notoriously good history school that hasn't really done much except for make some noise in the tournament, beats Villanova in the second round?
0: I think it's Wisconsin is a very strong eight seed. I think maybe much, one of the strongest eight. Huge teams.
1: tall white guys, right? I'm just I haven't seen the team at all. I'm just making assumptions.
0: <laughs> uh, Nigel Hayes is their best player, and he is not white. Okay, um, he's but a, he's Wisconsin, Australian.
1: I don't know. Really I don't right. know
0: if Vin would agree with me. I think Wisconsin might be the best eight seed we've seen in quite a long time. Uh, I would be the the game I'm most worried about for Nova is actually their second round game against Wisconsin. I think if they can beat Wisconsin, they're pretty safe to at least get to the elite eight. Uh, I know Vin mentioned Virginia. I actually have UNC Wilmington as one of my twelves beating a five, mostly because UNC. I, Wil- I,
2: I... I don't, I'm not i am not mad about that. I could also see Virginia losing in the first round. So I, they're a team that I could see going to the Elite Eight or getting upset right away.
0: Yeah, you, and UNC Wilmington, it's kind of one of those games where it's really a clash of styles. Uh, as Vin said, Virginia likes to slow the pace, uh, keep the game low-scoring. Whereas UNC Wilmington, they're a team that is live and die by the three. They like to um, – I think they're top five in the nation in um, – possessions and how many shot attempts they put up uh are average over 80 points a game so something's got to give in that game and i personally i just you know virginia like Vince said is a team where i'm really hot and cold about and unc wilmington's coming in hot 29 and 5 on the season they've been good since the start uh this could be a 512 upset in the making and you uh, know florida who nova would have to play in the sweet 16 they're missing their best player so really, if Nova gets past Wisconsin, I don't think they'll be pushed to the brink until they play Duke. And Duke will be a very interesting matchup for them, but I, I, would, I personally have no problem putting Nova in my Final Four.
1: I would personally love to see Duke. Duke-Nova is kind of what I think might be the highlight of, of this entire tournament. So that's kind of where I'm hoping it heads. I think that's going to be a great game when it, if, it, if and when it does happen. Uh, do you guys, Vin, do you have another upset do you want to talk about in the East or should we move on to the West at this point?
2: Uh, I think I'm pretty okay in the East. I don't know if Greg has anything else he wants to touch on.
0: Uh, Marquette is the only other double-digit seed I have winning the first-round matchup. Uh, I like them over South Carolina. Marquette got hot in the Big East tournament. So um, the 10 and the 12 are the only two high seeds I have winning in the first round. And then, like I said, I have SMU over Baylor in uh, round two. But I got Nova Duke in the Elite Eight, and I got Nova in my final four. And I'm fairly... Very confident in that.
1: To the west, is this the weakest conference or section of the bracket? Because uh, I am not a believer in Gonzaga. I don't do do not like Arizona. I could see Maryland legitimately coming out of this bracket. Am I crazy?
2: Uh, I don't little- think you're crazy for thinking that this is a, a weaker region. Uh, you mentioned Maryland. For me, the team I'm I'm looking at is Notre Dame. Uh, they're a team that's been to back to back Elite Eights. Um, they play in, you know, maybe the, probably the strongest conference in the nation. And I think they might be able to give Gonzaga some trouble. I, I'm probably going to pick them to make that upset. Uh, the concern I have, I think their leading rebounder is only six foot five. Hmm. Just got some big guys. Um, so I don't know how, how well that's going to go from a match matchup point of view. But um, I think Notre Dame could be a team that, that makes it all the way to the leap four out of, or the final four out of this region.
0: I agree with Vin where I don't th- I think Gonzaga is easily the weakest of the one seeds. I like Arizona probably a little bit more than you guys do. Uh I like that they came out of a very tough Pac-12 this year. They were a team that was in the top 10 basically from start to finish. They've I I like I trust their coach um and they're a team that's notoriously been very good come tournament time. I actually really like West Virginia out of this Me bracket too. as well. Um I have West Virginia in the same spot, uh, Vin has Notre Dame, where I have West Virginia beating Gonzaga to get to the Elite Eight. I actually wouldn't be totally surprised if Northwestern beat Gonzaga. I think Northwestern is one of the best teams Gonzaga is going to going to play this year. I I love the story, and you know, is Northwestern it's really an
1: eight seed? Like I, I've heard nothing but like people shitting on them.
0: So north <laughs> Northwestern, yeah. I, I don't know anyone that shit on them. This is, They've had easily their best year in program history. It's the first time they've ever made the tournament. Uh, Vin impressive. mentioned this when he was talking about Maryland, but uh, the Big Ten has been one of the – or actually, Ryan, you may have mentioned this. The Big Ten's been one of the best conferences all year. It's been right there with the ACC and the Pac-12. The fact that Northwestern not only did well in the Big Ten tournament and the Big Ten regular season, but they've won some notable games this year, I feel fairly confident that – the Northwestern Gonzaga game is gonna be close. I don't have the balls to pick Northwestern if I had money on the line, but I'd I wouldn't be shocked if Northwestern won that game.
1: Okay. I actually have West Virginia Here's coming the out thing of it. Right? Oh, go on Vin, sorry.
0: I, I just
2: think Gonzaga is going to be the team that everybody picks to get upset early. I think everyone's gonna have this same mentality. I don't know how, how much of um guys have of what other people are are picking when you fill out your bracket, Um, I try to just do mine on my own. But I feel like Gonzaga is going to be a very popular upset pick early on just because it feels like they're that strong uh, in general just because of the conference they played in. Um, But I I know you you guys both mentioned West Virginia. That's a team I'm staying away from just completely on a bias standpoint. I may have had some money on them this past weekend and they didn't show up. So that's a team that's already in, uh, kind of in my doghouse. The and for better or for worse, I'm staying away.
1: Okay. Is there... That's fair. It, so we've already kind of said that this entire West is full of upsets. Uh, is there another upset we haven't touched on yet?
0: Uh, full of upsets, I, I don't necessarily know if I agree with that. I will say I have Maryland in my Sweet 16 as a six seed. Uh, I think they'll handle Florida State in the second round. The only double-digit seed I have winning in the first round is VCU, and that's one half not respecting St. Mary's. Uh, They play in the same conference as Gonzaga, and it's just not that great of a conference. And also, I just think VC. I think a couple teams are just not seeded properly, Uh, and I think VCU is one of them. I don't understand why, say, Michigan State is a 9 while VCU is a 10. I know that, It doesn't seem like that's a big difference in ranking, but I think it does matter in quality of opponent. Um, I don't think they beat Arizona in the second round, but I do like them out of the first round. Uh, I got Zona in West Virginia in my Elite Eight out of this region, and I actually have Arizona in my Final Four. I I really do like uh, the Wildcats this year.
1: I'll take Maryland and West Virginia in my Elite Eight, and West Virginia going to the Final Four. My upset prediction is Princeton beats Notre Dame. Just have a good feeling about it. No stats behind that at all. That
2: that really hurts. (laughs) I know. Notre Dame's my squad right now. Right right to the core. Uh, I think you feel confident. Um, I feel like for some reason, Xavier over Maryland's going to be a popular 11-over-6 pick. Xavier's dropped something like like 7 or 10. They've really stumbled their way into the tournament, so... I feel like Maryland, two or three point spread. It, I get worried about these 6-11 matchups, but I, I feel pretty confident penciling in Maryland to go on to the... Um.
1: Okay, let's move on to the Midwest Conference, which is where Kansas reigns. So our top four seeds here are Kansas, Louisville, uh, Oregon, and Purdue. Is there a team that could beat Kansas in this bracket?
0: Uh, Yes, and it's Louisville. I really do think Louisville will. Um, Rick Pitino saves his best for 15 seconds
1: of hanging out. Sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't didn't say he lasts long, but I said he saves his best for March. Uh, This Louisville team is deep. Uh, They have scores everywhere. They're one of the teams – one of the things I like to look for are if a team gets in foul trouble, are they able to survive their best players not being on the court and I think Louisville is one of the few teams that is deep enough where if, they're, if Donovan Mitchell is in foul trouble, they have plenty of other guys that can pick up the load. Um, I really like them. I think they're a good matchup against Kansas. Kansas is coming in, awfully cold. Losing to TCU in the first round, in their first big 12 tournament game, I think is a huge blow. It doesn't help them. Um, I have some fairly sizable upsets in this one. You can convince me Nevada will beat Iowa State. Uh in fact, I think I have Nevada beating Iowa State in one of my brackets. Two for two. And I also really like Vermont against Purdue. I think Vermont is one of the most underrated teams going into the tournament. Purdue is a team that feels a little too reliant on their best pay- player, uh Swanigan. If Swanigan gets in foul trouble, I don't know if Purdue has the bodies to support them. Uh Vermont can sneak up on you and they have the longest win streak in the nation. I think they're truly one of the best mid majors that nobody is talking about entering this tournament. It would not surprise me if Vermont beat Purdue in the first round.
2: So we're going to butt heads quite a bit here in this region, Greg. Um, I do also have Nevada over Iowa state. So I'll get the one that we have first. Um, But past weekend fell in love with Michigan watching a few of their games. Um, they're probably their best player and senior leader, Derek Walton, has this act to take over at the end of games, especially in, um, I believe, it was a semifinal game against Minnesota. He was just lights out in the final five to ten minutes. He could be a player that becomes a storyline. Michigan gets on a hot streak. So I actually have Michigan upsetting Louisville in the second round. Yeah. Could be an elite eight or final four surprise. Tournament progresses, and I also have Purdue being the team that upsets Kansas. So a team you have getting knocked out in the first round, I have either the elite eight or final four. So I'm probably looking at Purdue or Michigan in that elite eight matchup, under the final four. I just think Purdue, as we mentioned um, a second ago, is in in the nation, and they were consistent all year. I don't think they lost back to back games at any point.
0: Um, that has a run in them. And uh, those are the two teams that I see matching up in the Elite Eight. I will say, I think Michigan, we mentioned Duke is the hottest team in the nation. I actually think Michigan right now, I don't think any team is hotter. And I will say that does worry me in a matchup against Louisville, but uh, I just, I trust the depth with Louisville uh, more so than I do Michigan being able to ride this hot streak. But, you know, we've seen plenty of other teams before, uh, most notably or recently at least, UConn cruise to a Conference title and then take that momentum and yeah. win the NCAA tournament, so it's not necessarily unheard of. And UConn was a low seed when they did if it. I think they were a seven.
2: If there's a concern I have about Michigan is is they really don't have a guy down low that um, can stop drives. So that was a problem in the Minnesota game. Uh, Minnesota was getting to the to the basket at will. So I think that that could be their Achilles' heel in this tournament. But uh, they really just are on fire right now. So if they can continue that. Um, into, into this tournament. I think they can be okay. Another upset I have in this one is I have Rhode Island over Creighton. Yep, I do as well. Uh, as I mentioned, just a, a team I, I was not impressed if, impressed with at all in their matchup against Villanova. Um, and they're another team that lost one of their, their best players. So I, I just don't see – even if Creighton wins this game, I, I don't see them moving far at all. So I'm willing to take that risk of the the 11 upsetting the six.
1: If Creighton does win, Oregon, Oregon will certainly absolutely crush them. Uh, so I'm not really worried about that either. It's definitely probably a, a a risk worth taking if you're looking if you're picking some wacky stuff throughout the bracket. Is there anything else we've missed here? I have Kansas going to the final four. I think that team is too good and stacked. Um, I know you guys have like Louisville. I don't know where you're at, Vin, but uh where where what are what is our final four pick from the Midwest region here?
0: Uh, I got <sighs> Louisville. I'm very I'm very confident in picking Louisville. Okay. Vinny.
2: And, and right now, I'm between either Purdue or Michigan. I'm not sure which two. I, I confidently would have been Oregon if um, they also didn't lose one of their best players recently. That was a team going in you know, this past week. I was like, Oregon might might be my team to win it all. But a devastating injury just kind of hurt their stock quite a bit.
1: I wonder what it's like to be so wrong all the
2: time, Vinny. And contend for a Final Four.
1: Um, let's talk about the South region. I saved the best for last. Here we have North Carolina. Number two seed, Kentucky. Ooh, man, this bracket is stacked. Uh, Number three seed, UCLA. And number four seed, Butler. Tell me why I shouldn't put all my eggs in the UCLA basket and go balls to the wall. Greg. (laughs) Uh,
0: I can't. I have UCLA in my (laughs) final four. Um, I really like the way this bracket breaks down for UCLA. Uh, This is the one region where I have some screwy stuff happening. I'm not convinced Kentucky's going to beat Wichita State Whoa. in round two. Uh, I'm even, I have Middle Tennessee State in my Sweet 16 as a 12 seed. Uh, I, I really like UCLA's draw here. Um, I think a three seed is low for them. I think you could make an argument that they're better than all of the two seeds, except maybe Arizona. They've had a very good season. I think think some east coast bias played into them being a 3c just because people simply aren't awake to see most UCLA games but
1: people are awake for for the ball brothers Lorenzo ball
0: uh, Lavar ball Alonzo's uh, dad is the reason why I don't want to pick UCLA he seems like a terrible father uh, I have no problem saying that in yeah. a public setting I would know um, what terrible
1: fathers are like and he seems to be very supportive of his sons
0: almost too supportive <laughs> uh I I really, I really like UCLA. Um, I think it, the best matchup that we're going to see, hopefully, is UCLA-North Carolina. I think that would be just a fascinating game. And I like UCLA just a little more than I like UNC. Um, but yeah, I got, they're my Final Four team out of this bracket. And I'd go one step further. As much as I love Louisville, I have UCLA in my Final.
1: I have UCO in the final two, and both of us are college basketball experts, so everyone should listen. There's some inside information. Vinny, where are you leaning in the south bracket?
2: Uh, I'm pretty similar uh, to you guys on this one, uh, but, but first of all, just what a, a loaded region in terms of just historic college basketball teams with North Carolina, Kentucky, and UCLA, you know, the top three seeds. Even yeah, Butler. Don't forget Butler. Hey,
1: Butler's <laughs> that's that's just, that's a big deal. Yeah.
2: True, especially, you know, recent history, but um, I, I'm probably also looking at North Carolina versus UCLA in the Elite Eight, but I might be leading North Carolina just just because I think that conference was so loaded this year and they came out on top of it. Um, that gives them some credibility, but that would be an awesome matchup to watch. Uh, I'm against Greg here with the, the Middle Tennessee upset over Minnesota. or. Minnesota. You have Minnesota. Do you have Minnesota over Middle Tennessee? Sorry, I can't remember. No, I, know. I
0: I know you and I talked off the podcast about how Middle Tennessee is the trap okay, team. Okay, that's why. And uh, no, I I, 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 I went with Middle Tennessee. I have them in my Sweet Sixteen.
2: Yeah. Okay. I do have Middle Tennessee making that upset over Minnesota, um, and, and might even have them go on to the Sweet Sixteen as well. Right now, I, I think that game is a pick 'em. Looking at the odds, so for a 5-12 matchup, even Vegas doesn't have a lot of faith in Minnesota. Yep. Yeah, and I what met- I saw in
0: Minnesota against Michigan was not a lot at all. Yeah, I mentioned that uh, there are a couple seeds that just don't make any sense. Uh, Middle Mm Tennessee State might be the strongest 12 seed we've seen in tournament history, and Wichita State as a 10 is just criminal. They're much better than a 10 seed. They are one of the, in my mind, top 20 teams in the nation. Um, So the fact that they're getting Dayton, who I think is a pretty soft 7 seed, and then Kentucky's good, um, but I'm going to think long and hard about Wichita State over Kentucky because Shockers are a good team, and I'm right there with there are you. On metrics that. out there that I look. If Wichita State, I would have been less surprised if Wichita State was a five seed than I am that they're a ten seed. I I don't know how that many teams were ranked higher than Wichita State uh, on Selection Sunday.
2: I agree, um, and Vegas is right there with you too. Looking at this matchup, I think it's a six or seven point spread with Wichita as the ten favored over over the seven seed. So. Uh, I think a lot of people um, agree or are in the same boat that Wichita State is grossly misseeded in this tournament. And um, they, they may, may be able to make a run in, in upside Kentucky. Uh, that's something I'm looking at as well and, and might make that pick.
1: Let's head to our actual final game uh, and make our picks here. And I guess known, known to the world at this point in time. I will start and uh, get the suspense out of the room. I have Villanova versus UCLA, and I have UCL winning...
0: Uh, 73 Oh, you got a final score and everything for us. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree on the final teams. I have Nova beating UCLA. However, uh, I know it's really hard to repeat as champions, but I kind of choose to look at every bracket individually, not take last year into account. And Villanova's been the best team from start to finish this year. I they're they're clearly battle tested. They had a great run in the Big East. I like Villanova over UCLA, eighty-six, well,
1: seventy-nine. Vinny, before you go, the reason why I don't want Villanova to win is because we have a quote-unquote friend who is a <laughs> Villanova. Thanks, Vinny, for coughing in my face. Um, <laughs> who is a quote-unquote sorry Villanova uh, fan? I would really like to see him upset. That's, so that's, yeah, but see, as,
0: as I know who we're talking about, and as much as I hate Matt McCarthy, <laughs> I love. I love Andrew Pesci even more, and uh, Pesci's a big Villanova fan, so I overlook it.
1: Vinny, give me your final two.
2: So, as of right now, my bracket isn't completely full. My heart really wants to ride Michigan all the way that far, but I don't think I can do it. That's just too much. Maybe I'll roll the dice, but I can't see it happening. Um, So, I think I I might go Duke over Purdue um, right now. Purdue with a sucks. final score of seventy-one to sixty. Oh
1: God, Purdue sucks. They're never making it anywhere. I don't. Like I said earlier, I don't. Know what's no, I can't wait be so to
2: get upset in the first,
0: in the first round They're like Greg has, so he can just rub it in my face. Uh, oh, I feel like Vin, we have to make a dollar bet on the uh, Purdue Vermont game at this point. We don't promote betting on this it. podcast.
1: Um, <laughs> Vinny, since you're here, uh, we've I think we've covered all we need to cover for the March Madness edition of Blue Shirts Breakaway. Is there anything we've Missed and we wanted to touch on before we move on to another question I have to ask Vinny. He's not ready for. No. I, I, Sounds good. All right, Vinny. Now I
2: kind of want to talk about something else. I'm nervous. That's I, I'm,
1: I'm ready. Explain yeah. to me where the Magic will be in three years. The NBA team. Oh. <laughs> Vinny is one of the three Magic fans on earth. Um, so I really just need to know where you think this team is going.
2: I just want to say I was having like a fantastic day. <laughs> I got a snow day from work, which never happens. I've had plenty of cups of hot chocolate with a little bit of Bailey's in it. I played Super Nintendo and then you, you come at me with this depressing question. And I think the only possible answer is that we're going to be in the same exact spot that we are in right now, which is not the worst team in the league, but not far enough, but not far enough off to the- contend for a playoff spot with a, just kind of you know sitting in the sitting in that 10 to 11 range in the east and not really doing much uh i think if we have a ping pong ball go our way this spring then maybe we can think about being a playoff team in three years but i we just have no sense of identity right now that i can see it happening without you know that luck of the ping pong ball getting us a, a top two pick
1: okay who is your build around player do you even have one
2: uh, I think right now it would have to be Aaron Gordon. Okay, that's what um, I thought. Yeah, uh, Evan Fournier is a really nice player. Uh, we have him on a pretty good deal, but he's not the type of guy that you, you want to build your franchise around. Yeah, you're not uh, building think... around Evan Fournier, you psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just agree with me and then call me a psychopath like I said something? <laughs> no,
1: yeah, see, there's no one's, no one's <laughs> building around Evan Fournier. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I... – I think uh, the Serge Ibaka trade, getting Ibaka off the team, really frees up the minutes that we're going to see for Aaron Gordon. And hopefully he can turn into a franchise-type player. And if we can pair that with somebody in this upcoming draft, then then maybe there's a bright future um, somewhere in the not-too-distant future. But that's sort of the dream and the hope right now. The last five years or so have had me really down in the dumps about it. So I don't have too much optimism for the franchise. But uh, there's definitely a scenario where it, it could happen.
1: All right, let's cheer your spirits up before we go. Uh, you are a White Sox fan also, and you have a stacked farm I system. I am. Uh, yes. Wh- where do you see this team going from here? You have Lucas Giolito, Mancada, Zach Collins, and some other mismatched names, including my favorite prospect of all time, Luis Alexander Basabe Jr., who is, uh, who is traded from the Red Sox to your team, who will uh, be ripping it up in a couple years for you. So
0: Isn't Fernando Tatis Jr. also on the White Sox? He is a padre. He is a padre, yeah.
1: I got your right. back. I got your back. Where? <laughs> how many years is it until you guys are in contention again?
2: So uh, the White Sox kind of did the opposite here. They actually have an identity now uh, where they decided to – sell some of their major pieces. And I think we have another one in Quintana on the way out as well to even further um, to bulk up that farm system, which went from being one of the worst in the majors to one of the best. Top and five. I think that, yeah, top five, definitely. And I, I think the best part about the guys that the White Sox got is they're all kind of knocking on the door of, of being at, um, at the major league level. So I don't think we're too far off from seeing the White Sox – contend for a playoff spot again it's going to be probably two to three years at least but when you get guys that of that caliber that are that close to the majors you can have a quick turnaround and i think um the organization did a really great job of, of getting those types of guys
1: i totally agree with you i think shipping chris sale was the correct move you got what is i do believe either either a constant superstar for the next six to seven years or an absolute bust. Who's going to strike out at the plate? I lean towards the superstar portion because uh, Young Mancata definitely has the goods, along with Lucas Giolito, who had a down year. You kind of bought low on him, at, in my opinion, uh, and kind of stole him away. So that's good on you for that. For trading Adam Eaton. Uh, I, I believe in that team. I do believe it'll be two or three years before they get back in the contention story. There, Greg. Do you have any thoughts on the White Sox?
0: Um, I'm very happy you took Lucas Giolito away from the <laughs> Nationals. That was great. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought that Adam Eaton trade like, – look, I love Adam Eaton. Do not get me wrong. But I don't know why the Nationals gave up so much for him. doesn't make any sense. It's a great deal from the perspective of the White Sox. And uh, while I'm happy that the Nationals didn't also trade I, – I mean, I personally wish that the Nationals would give up like Trey Turner for David Robertson. That would be fantastic. Uh, I just, you really, you're really terrified of Trey really Turner. Are. Like you, you probably actually have nightmares about Trey Turner. It sounds like Trey Turner is, Trey Turner and Giancarlo Stanton are probably the two players in the National League East that uh, scare me the most, and I have no problem admitting that.
1: Hmm. All right, uh Vinny, I just, I don't understand why you guys don't love Trey
0: Turner. I He's just a don't, really good player.
1: I don't get it yet. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I will halfway through the season. I just don't understand it. Ugh. And he should have been a Ray anyway. Um. That's your fault, not mine. That's that's definitely our fault. Is there anything else we want to touch on before we head out of here, guys? Uh, I know this is a special bonus episode of our podcast this week where we talk about literally no Rangers.
0: I cannot tell you how not excited I am to go back outside in this shitty fucking weather.
1: I will say on Long Island, New York, it is mostly rain. So I got to stay home from work for rain, which was pretty good. I know you guys are in a whiteout, so.
0: Yep.
2: It's, I'm it's not going, going outside out. until I have to. It's fantastic to stay inside and just kind of hang out.
1: Okay. Closing statement here. Uh, I know I talked about this last night on, on last night's podcast. I cannot believe the Lightning lost, uh, beat the Rangers, and the Rangers fucking suck in that instance. And that was a total trap game, and I hate that team sometimes. All right. Anything else you guys want to say?
0: Yeah, I still haven't watched last night's game.
1: Yeah, don't. Just watch the highlights. <laughs> it's really bad. I uh, could have won it like nine times, which Davis missed like an open, an open net pretty hard. Camphor scores. So that's nice. Everyone hugs him. All right. Uh, I'm out of here because I'm going to go enjoy the rest of my snow day. I hope everyone else there enjoys the rest of their snow day. Vinny and Greg, thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Say goodbye.
0: Goodbye. Thanks for having me. Fuck off